it's the Mind Boss Project. We're leading the war against the societal programming for a fat, broke, and unhappy population. Our mission is to make you the boss of your mind to free you from that very societal programming. And you forgot you're the host, Gabe Palugas. I'm your other host, Did Jack Bly. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have someone who is, I'm incredibly excited to talk to. Uh, he's someone who has been a creator ever since he was eight years old. And today he inspires thousands through his, uh, in their own personal development, through his current message, through Twitter and through his own podcasts. Uh, so welcome, Danny Miranda. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm thrilled to be here. And man, that was a hell of an intro. I'm excited, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're so excited to have you here, man. Um, so just right off the bat, just reading kind of through your story, um, I saw that you started uh, a newsletter at eight years old with the goal of taking down the New York Times. Uh, I mean, that, that's an impressive feat right there. That's an impressive goal to kind of set for yourself. So can you kind of take us through that experience and what drew you to do something like that at just such a young age? You know, I've always had this mentality that if I saw someone or some company doing something, I always believed inherently that I could as well. And I remember exactly where I was when I was just in the hallway in my elementary school, when I go up to my buddy, who's one of my best friends to this day, and I'm like, hey, do you want to start something to take down the New York Times? And I don't know where this thought came from. I don't know why I was attracted to that goal in particular, but I've, it's always been in my bones to be a writer. It's always been in my bones to create something. And it's always, I've always looked at things and said, why not me? Why can't I do that too? That's awesome. So you go through this journey where you're not even sure where the inherent drive to take down the New York Times comes from. And obviously right now, you're not, you know, the active, actively pursuing, destroying that company in this day and age. So what was the next pursuit after that initial goal for you? Yeah. So I guess I was eight years old and it wasn't, I can't really even bring myself back to that moment in terms of what I was doing on the day-to-day -day basis, I started a few newsletters. One was called the, the Sunny Times, which uh, my grandmother helped me out by giving to her friends and, and getting them to purchase it. <laughs> so crazy stuff. But like after that, I would say I started a blog when I was 12 um, to highlight my Little League baseball team and our road to Williamsport. For those familiar with Little League baseball, it's like a, a tournament, a huge tournament. And Williamsport was where we wanted to go. We didn't get there, but the fact that, that I wanted to highlight and and create this journey with all my friends and post about it on the internet, it was really interesting because that gave some foreshadowing for what was to come. That's incredible, man. So it seems like, you know, ever since a young age, you always you always had this something in you that wanted to create, wanted to kind of give something to the world. Um so I want to ask you, I want to kind of put you on the spot. Is this something that you think you were born with or grew into? It's kind of that nature versus nurture. What do you think that is? Yeah, I, I think I was born with it. And then it's really interesting because I think that society kind of programmed it out of me in the sense of I had a Knicks blog when I was 15 and I was really into that. But by the time I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I was in the world of society and I was doing what? Okay, let me go to college. Let me get good grades on my SATs. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then it was only from understanding myself further and sitting down with myself and asking myself, who am I really? Did I come back to that place of creating content and writing online? 
Interesting. Wow. Oh, yeah. man. So how did you, you know, find yourself coming back to that and kind of gain that clarity of, you know, coming back to your roots? Yeah, I would say meditation played a huge role in that. And just sitting down with my thoughts. When you are forced to sit down with your thoughts, you strip down your very nature, everything you're projecting, you then become aware of and you say, wow, I was trying to be someone else in that moment, or I was trying to do this in that moment. Is that who I really am? And so asking those, asking yourself those questions over and over again, which happens when you're forced to sit with your own thoughts for long periods of time, that's, that's why and, and how I believe I came back to that place of this is my true nature. This is who I really am at my core. And it's, it was only through sitting with myself and sitting with my own thoughts for long periods of consistent time did that come up. That's awesome. And I think a lot of people, you know, have heard about this idea of meditation, about how it's one of the main ways you can finally sit with your own thoughts and find, you know, your true self. My question to you is, were there any events that led up to you coming to the conclusion that, you know what, I have to sit down with my own thoughts and figure out who I want to be? Yeah, it's a good question. And I first started meditating when I was in San Diego and I didn't like doing it. I hated it. But my buddy, his name is Tej, comedic bisman on Twitter, one of my best friends and, and a mentor, never met him, but just interacted online. He was able to convince me through just his actions that like, yeah, this is something that I did and this is useful to me. So every day for about three months, I would do 20 minutes in the morning of just sitting with my own thoughts. And I really didn't like it at all. But what happened was after three months, I came back home to New York and I was driving a car for the first time. And I was sitting down at the steering wheel and I get to a red light and I feel my body get anxious. And I feel myself thinking to myself, why isn't this light green? Like, let's speed this up. Let's go faster. And it was in that moment, I started laughing and realized the power of meditation. I realized that it worked because I was like, oh my God, I became aware of my thoughts in that moment and now I can change it. So it was yeah. like, I, I was very resistant to doing it at first, but once I actually saw benefit after three months, I was like, this is a game changer. I got to keep doing this. Man, that's really interesting. The smallest thing, like the light not turning green sparked that, you know, that aha moment. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I've dabbled with meditation a little bit in the past, but I've never stuck to the habit. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm looking to learn here. So I'm curious, like, what is meditation to you and how do you really stick to the habit? You just kind of sit there in a room and do, yeah. this, do you think about like your breathing or what do you do? I'm curious. Yeah. Great question. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because it's like, it seems like a practical joke that the universe plays on you. Why are you going to sit in a room by yourself, not think of anything or just focus on your breath and what's going to happen? Like, how is that going to help you? But to what the practice is for me, now I do 60 minutes in the morning, just letting thoughts go through me and becoming aware of the thoughts. But you could also start with 10 minutes or 20 minutes and focus on the breath. And when the attention drifts away from the breath, come back to the breath and come back to nothingness, the breath or nothingness, I, I say either or. And to stick with it, I, I recommend having some sort of accountability. It's just like going to the gym. It's the same thing. Whereas like if you're doing it for the first time 
and you don't have anyone accountable, you're going to be like, am I doing this right? Am I wasting my time? What's the point of this? So I, I found that the gym working out, lifting weights and meditation has been so similar because both are good for you and both are, everyone knows they're beneficial, but it sometimes takes an extra step to get you doing it. And for me, accountability has been so crucial in getting it started. Not necessarily, I need, I need accountability today to meditate, but before you really see the results yourself, you need to be accountable to someone. So that's my my advice. Yeah, I love how you draw that parallel between the gym and meditation, knowing that they're both two things that are good for you, but both two things that you require accountability to actually stick to consistently and then start seeing the results. I think one of the other possible downsides or possible fears that someone may have between going to the gym and between meditating is just that fear of pain, that fear of embarrassment. People might be afraid to go to the gym because they think, they are going to look stupid not knowing what to do. They think they're going to look dumb if they're overweight. And in the same regard, someone might be afraid of meditating because they're afraid of their own thoughts. They're afraid of their own self-doubt. They're afraid that they're going to sit there and just be consumed with anxiety. So how does somebody get over that fear of negative self-talk if they know they need to start meditating and it can be useful for them? Well, If you know you need to start meditating, that is already a huge success because you are aware that you have a problem. And once you are aware of something, you can then go and change it. What happens for a lot of people is that they're not even like I personally was not aware that I needed to meditate or that it would benefit me for the first 24, 23 years of my life. So it's like if you are aware of that and you're scared of it, the best thing to do is have accountability and to have someone where you're reporting to every day who is at your level or above you, because if someone is below you and you're reporting to them, they can help drag you down, right? But if you and that, that person are both on that mission together, okay, we're going to meditate. We're going to get better. Or you're reporting to someone who's more experienced and we're going to meditate every day. Then that's going to inspire you to be better and stronger, a stronger version of yourself than you currently are. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And a few things, you know, on accountability, because that's a topic that's coming up here a lot um, when we're trying to get started with this brand new habit. Um, I've noticed that on your website, you have this section called experiments. And it has things like 75 hard. It has five days of no technology. Um, Is that something that you started for accountability or what was your motivation behind that? Yeah, you, you got it and hit the nail exactly on the head. It was like, I knew that by putting myself out there and putting my experiments out to the world, the world and the people who were looking at my website became my inherent accountability partner. And I use that where with any challenge I'm trying to tackle. So it, right now it's like waking up at 6 a.m. For some people, that's super easy. For me, that's really difficult. So I'm using the accountability of the people who follow me on Twitter and saying, hey, like, I, if, if I don't do this, shame me because I want to do this. And, and so I've had people hit me up and say, are you still doing this? Are you? And so we're on day 15 right now. And it's just like, it's the grind of, and the, uh, the power of having people follow your thoughts and the power of putting yourself out there is like, that serves as an accountability. Not everyone has that, right? Not everyone has people following them. So I say like, just find one person who's at your level or a little bit above you. And that's a, a great way to keep the habit moving. Uh, That's fantastic, man. I love how you're putting your challenges out there just as a challenge to yourself, making sure that 
people are holding you accountable. Your people are holding you accountable because it's something that you want to get done. Um, I'm a little bit curious because I know you've done a ton of these challenges. You've done 75 hard. I think you tackled a year with no alcohol. What do you think was the hardest challenge for you over everything you've done so far? So waking up at 6am has been the hardest challenge for me so wow. far. And the reason why I've been thinking about this, I'm on day 15 right now, but I've failed three or four times before this, before I made it public. And the reason why is because it goes against the schedule in my house at this time. I'm living with my parents and they shut the lights at around 11 or 1130 at night and have dinner late at night. So what's really interesting is when your environment is forcing you to go a certain way, it's very difficult to say, okay, I'm not going to eat anything after 7.30 and I'm going to turn my lights off and all the lights and I'm going to block all the lights in the house that come into my room at this time. And it's very difficult to go against your environment. And that's what I'm learning from this challenge. So yeah, that's been the most difficult one. And, you know, are we adapt so easily like 75 hard was so difficult in the first 10 days, but I adapted to that by the time it was 30, 40, 50 days in. And by the time I did it again, a second time, it was like, it became almost easy in a sense because I had already done it and it already, my, my, my threshold for that was lessened. So, I mean, I love challenging myself and currently 6am is the most difficult one I'm, I'm working on, but you know, it's like, I, I'm sure I'll find something else to challenge me next month after I'm done with 6am. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. Um, so one thing you mentioned that I kind of want you to touch on is, you know, you failed three times or so um, on this current challenge. And I know talking to other people and, you know, myself, of course, we all experience failure, but that's the thing that stops many people from continuing their journey, whether it's just the fear of failure in the first place, so they can't get started, or maybe they fail once and they don't want to get back up. They don't want to go back up that hill. So mm -hmm. how have you kind of uh, countered and overcame that failure to move on and keep on going? When I did 75 hard for the first time, and this was really the pivotal switch in my life that changed me from a short-term to a long-term thinker, I said to myself, before I started and while I was doing it. I don't care what will happen. If I fail this challenge, I don't care. I will complete this before I die. Like this is yeah. going to happen. No questions asked. And I'd rather die than not complete it. And even if I fail, that's fine, but I'll get up and, and do it again. Because I had that when I, whenever I've accomplished anything, it has been with that mentality of like, no holds back. I'm going to accomplish this or I'd rather die like that level. And I don't think that's necessary for everyone, but that level is the place that I need to go to personally in order to get the shit done that I need to get done. So yeah, I think it's setting a really high expectation and just like giving yourself no other option. Like there's no other option for me. I have to do this for 30 days straight. I need to see if I'm capable of it. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that all in mentality. And I like how you say that that's the place that you need to get yourself to, to accomplish any of your goals. So I'm curious how that applies to one of your main projects right now, which is obviously the Danny Miranda podcast. Are you still taking that? I must achieve this. I'd rather uh, achieve this or, you know, I I'll die. If I don't achieve this, I'll do this before I die. Is that the same mentality yeah. you're taking into the podcast right now? Three episodes a week. I'd rather like, I need to put out three episodes a week 
or else. Like it, there's no other, mm-hmm. other thing that could possibly happen. And by doing it often, well, you get better at it and, and it helps more people come into the ecosystem. And it, it, that's the benefit of doing three times a week. And I understand that. And I know that. And in the past, that type of commitment would have deterred me and would have pushed me away and said, like, that's too much. Three podcasts a week. Are you kidding? Like, I'm just one person. Like the people who yeah. are doing this have full teams and studios and like all this. But for me, it was after doing 75 hard, I realized how much I was capable of and how much I can do. And it's like, if you really are passionate about something, if you really want it, there's time in the day for it. So yeah, that's the the same mentality I took to the podcast. Man, so something I'm noticing just right now, just talking to you um, about your life, there seems to be this trend of challenges. You're always in some challenge, whether it's three episodes a week, 75 hard, whatever it may be, you're always doing some challenge. So why do you think that is? And was there some moment where you came to the realization where you need challenges to thrive? The reason why is because I'm lazy, man. Like I am inherently in me a lazy person. And I know that. And the challenge is a way to trick myself into getting the shit done that I need to get done and challenge myself and be like, oh, you think you, you're going to be able to do that? Okay, let's see if you can. You know, So the challenges are my way of combating my own natural predisposition to do nothing, if yeah. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And I re- this kind of ties into an idea that you talk about a lot. Um, and that's the idea of you know, the people who you admire or the people who you look up to in the industry actually not, you know, having anything maybe specifically special, but just having played the game longer than you. So yeah. do you really think that it's just a matter of your ability to be consistent and get things done? Or do you think that achieving quote unquote success is something that you have to be born with? Mm. I think it's just a matter of playing the game long enough. I really do. And and at the same time, you have to be self-aware enough to be able to say, okay, people aren't responding to this or people are are saying this is, a, this is great and this is helping them. And you have to be able to see and navigate that. And a, a, an example of that for my own life is like, I set a goal for myself of two blog posts a week for a year, right? And I started this in March of 2020, right? When quarantine started. And so I had this goal for myself and I set that goal, but after three months, four months, no one was really responding to the blog posts. And, you know, I could have used that and transferred and been like, okay, I wrote these blog posts and now I'm going to put them on medium, or I could do this and do that. But instead I said, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. And there were reasons why, but I was able to then pivot and say to myself, okay, let me try the podcast and then see how people were responding to it. And I was like, oh, wow, people are really enjoying this tremendously, like getting so many messages. It's really impacting people and I'm really enjoying it. So let me go down that route. So if I had just consistently stuck to the blog posts, would it have worked out? Potentially. I mean, it could have worked out after years, but then I had the self-awareness to say, okay, maybe this isn't landing as well as I wanted to. I know I have something in my heart to give people, but it's not landing in this medium. So let me transfer to a different one. That's how I, I, how I kind of think about it. So there's always this degree of self-awareness and adapting when necessary. It seems like it's going on now. Um, maybe from the perspective of someone who's listening right now, 
they might be hearing all of this and they're just stunned because they hear Danny Miranda. He's someone who's done 75 hard. You're in the phases now, I believe. You've done a year without alcohol. You've done the podcast for many, many episodes. I don't know how many episodes you're on. And they're thinking to themselves, I can't do that. How does he do all these incredible, huge mountains that he climbs? But I just feel stuck right now. How do I, how do I just get started? How do I get out of this rut that I'm in? What would you tell someone like that right now? Yeah, I would say start with your body. Start with the physical. And that's what you guys do. And that's like the foundation of everything I've done is I didn't tackle all these things at once. I said to myself four years ago, let me get my body in shape because I look, I'm a 21 year old man, but I don't look like a 21 year old man. And that's disappointing to me. And once I flipped that switch and was able to start lifting weights and I was able to start eating correctly because once you're in the gym, you want to eat correctly too. Now you understand macronutrients. Now you're going into, you know, you're able to, your mind's feeling clearer. You're able to tackle challenges better. So the physical is the first place. If you're feeling poorly, it's probably because you're not eating right or you're not going to the gym and you're not, you're not getting that energy out somewhere. So and it doesn't have to be the gym, right? It could be yoga, it could be body weight stuff, it could be whatever it is for you. But you need to be moving your body and you need to be eating like real foods that will make you feel good. You need to be eating high protein foods. And if you don't do that, you're going to feel bad. I mean, and it sucks because the society that we've set up is almost forcing you down that path or like not giving you the knowledge and awareness of these are the foods you should be eating. These are the foods that you should avoid. And yeah, that was the first thing. And that's what I recommend to someone in a rut is like, fix the, fix the body first. Everything else will fall in line after. Yeah. So you're talking about how, you know, the body and getting your body right, fixing your body is the foundation that leads to the cascade of all these other successes in the other areas of your life. Um, but I know that one thing you talk about um, on your website was how um, you know, just about a year ago, kind of when quarantine first started, that that was a moment that could have made or bro broken you. So how did you go from starting to build that foundation four years ago at 21 to being at the point that could have been the end of Danny Miranda and all your aspirations? Yeah. So quarantine was just because I had the foundation at 21 and just because I knew the things to do doesn't mean that I was acting that way every single day from 21 to 24. You know, sometimes we have the knowledge, but we're not applying it. And so that happened for me from a period of mid-January to late February, early March in 2020. And it was when quarantine happened when I said to myself, okay, I've been in a rut for the past six weeks. I could either go further in a rut because that's a very easy thing for me to do, or I can just take one step. And that one step for me was to create my website and it was to write two blog posts a week for a year and see what happened. And now as we sit here, this is a year later from that, which is pretty crazy yeah. to think about. Like this is just a journey that's been a year for me online of speaking my truth of who I am. And it's been incredibly rewarding, but that decision to just take control of my life I had to remember all the habits that had built me up in the past. I had to remember, okay, you have to set a challenge for yourself. So I did phase one of, of the live hard program. And I, I just was like, okay, if I could do these eight things every day, I can be in a different place in April. 
when you do that program, you're forced to read, you're forced to do the habits, you're forced to meditate, you're forced to visualize. It's like, okay, by the end of that month now, you're a completely different person. If you can keep doing it in April, May, June, July, which is basically what I was doing, keeping the momentum rolling, that it's like a year later, you're looking back and you're like, holy smokes, what did I just do? Like, who did that? It wasn't anything I could have possibly done, but it was one day at a time building and climbing that mountain. And that's exciting. If you can just take one small step day after day after day for months and months and months, you're a completely different person in a year. And who knows what that will look like in five years or 10 years. So yeah, uh, this, I'm incredibly passionate about it. And yeah. uh, I'm excited that I you gave me the opportunity to talk about it. Man, you got me fired up over here just listening to you. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge believer myself and just kind of the mantra of getting 1% better today. And if I can do that every single day, I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be super well off, you know, no matter what happens, because if I can just focus on today, I'm taking that one step forward. Like you said, things are going to work out. Uh, So right now, you know, you have the Danny Miranda podcast and I'm I'm a personal fan of that. I listen to a lot of your episodes. Uh, Can you share with us kind of what uh, motivated you to start that and where you see it moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I appreciate you listening. And it is uh, three things, three big reasons why I started it. Okay. The first is that three different friends of mine told me separately, you should start a podcast. And I said to them, look, everyone's got a podcast. I don't want to start a podcast. Everyone does it. Okay. So that was the first thing that was always in the back of my head. The second is that once I started to write these two blog posts a week, I started to read all these books and I was like, man, I would love to talk to this author, this author, this author. So I was like, wow, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Like, how could I ever talk to these people? So I was like, okay, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out. The third reason was that I put out on Twitter, Hey, does anyone want to talk on the phone? I just want to spread my energy to you because I was feeling good. This was July. And I, I had been working on my habits now for four months and I was feeling good and I wanted to spread that positive energy to other people. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but a phone call seemed like a good way to do it. And I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone? And I ended up having phone conversations with like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 people. And so many of them said to me, this was an incredible phone call. This helped me so much. And I was thinking to myself, this helped me so much. So all that being said, I said, why not make that these phone calls public? Why not make those conversations public? And that turned into the podcast. Now, how I settled on three a week, my man, it was just that I knew that, well, I, I was expecting to once a week and then I'd recorded 20 episodes in the backlog before I'd even released one. And I said to myself, man, I got to just pu- push these out and, and get these out to the world. So that's how it came to be. And the vision and the goal is to be the number one podcast in the world. And it's just to keep like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I just know I have to put one foot in front of the other every single day. And if I can do that for long enough, it's bound to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, coming from us, we 100% believe that you're going to get there, man. And you know what? We're going to be right in your ass, though. Um, but one thing <laughs> that, yeah. um, I'm curious about is you're talking about this massive goal that you have of being the number one podcast in the world. And you're saying, you know, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm going to keep pivoting just like I did with all the other challenges in my life. Mm -hmm. And this really 
you know, brings up the point of just having that system in place because you don't even know the, you don't even know the route. You don't even know the map that's going to take you to the top of the mountain, but you have this system in place that you know is going to guide you to that goal. So this is something that we talk about with people who are, you know, maybe have lost weight before, gone to the top of the mountain, but then fell all the way back off and gained it all back. So what do you think about the importance of having this system of core values of guiding principles that are going to eventually prepare you to the goal, even if you don't know exactly how to get there? Yeah, I think it's so important. And one of my principles is like consistency, consistency over perfection. And that even if a, a podcast, this comes from Mike Vacanti, who's a great trainer and great, um, just a great person all around and a friend. He said to me, consistency over perfection. And what that means is that you just want to get to the gym on a consistent basis. You don't have to be perfect when you get there. Or, you know, you just have to put out three podcasts a week consistently. You don't, those episodes don't have to be perfect. And it's so true because we can get so overwhelmed, especially in the beginning. Like, am I doing this perfectly? Am I, is this exercise the right way? Am I doing this or that the right way? And it's like, just get to the gym, just do the important things first. And for me, getting to the gym is recording the episodes and putting them out there. And it's easy to get overwhelmed by what's the latest thing? What's, how should I market this the best? How should I do this or that? But like, what's the most important? The most important thing is being consistent. And yeah, that, that's a huge principle of mine. And if I can stick to that for long enough, it's, it's uh, just inevitable, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think consistency breeds results. Um, I really do believe that, you know, wholeheartedly. And I remember uh, you, you just mentioned a minute ago about how you hopped on 30 or 40 phone calls uh, a little bit over a year ago. I remember we actually hopped on a phone call. We did. And I just, I remember after, like, I, I could like feel this positive energy, like flowing through my blood from that conversation. And I, I was so excited. I was so hyped up after that conversation, but I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to ask you pretty much, how do you have this positive energy and how do you pretty much breathe this into other people? How do you think you do that? The positive energy comes from overcoming the difficult challenges. And if you look at some of the most positive people, they either have been given hard challenges by life or created their own. If you look at someone like Hela Sidibe, who I was fortunate enough to interview, he is someone, he's a, a YouTube sensation who is running across America and has run every single day for, I believe, four years, something crazy like that. And he is the most positive person and has the same exact energy you're witnessing and hearing in me. And I said to myself, what is that? What is going on there? And the reason why is because he goes through a, a quote unquote difficult challenge every day. I do the same in my own way, in my own challenges. And that, if you've overcome that and, and you've been able to surpass a version of yourself that you never thought you possibly could have, you're just happy and grateful. And you just want to pass along that happiness and gratitude to someone else. I wasn't this person in February. I wasn't this person, you know, five years ago. The reason why is because I hadn't overcome enough hard challenges in life. And once I did, and once I, it's not a, it's not like a, you do it once and it's, you're good. Like it's a daily thing. It's a weekly thing. It's a monthly thing to get to where you want to be, but you are constantly in that process. If you constantly put yourself into the fire and come out of it, you're just happy to be alive. You're just happy to 
be able to say words and grateful that anyone will listen to you. So that's kind of how that positive energy comes to be. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the most beautiful things, one of the most beautiful gifts that your positive energy gives people is absolutely destroying their false limiting beliefs. I think that people thinking that they're incapable of achieving something, of building you know, the, the number one podcast in the world, of losing 20 pounds, is sometimes the limiting factor. And that's what holds them back in life. And your positive energy seems to absolutely crush that for people and, uh, and kind of free them um, to start going down their journey of success. My question to you about the false limiting beliefs is, what was the biggest false limiting belief that you put on yourself maybe in February last year or even before that? It's a great question and something that I really haven't considered, but I'll tell you one that pops to mind right away. Whenever I was starting a new business or a new idea, because I've had tons over the years, was that it was always related to my age. And I was always thinking I'm too young or I'm too old. Like mm -hmm. it, it didn't matter. And it was always playing into me about like age. And, you know, now I think like, wow, I'm the perfect age. Like I'm physically capable, I'm mentally improving. Um, but I would always like lean on that as an excuse for why a business failed or why I couldn't tackle a certain business. So that's one that popped out. What about you guys? What are some limiting beliefs you you've had in your own life? That's a good question. Flip the tables on us. I like it. <laughs> I'm just curious if you yeah. if you have any that come to mind. Now, I think my biggest false limiting belief in the beginning, at least, something that I've kind of recently really overcame, um, thanks to you know Jack and a few other you know mentors that we've been working with. But it was just that being successful in you know the alternative route, quote unquote, kind of this non-standard route that we all seem to be on. Um, was, you know, very unlikely just for the top 0.01%. It wasn't something that was really possible. And I think that that kind of held me back, even though I was working my ass off, I always kind of had this in the back of my head that, you know, this is, there's, there, there needs to be a plan B. And this is just going to be something I do on the side. But once I kind of, um, you know, confronted other individuals who had truly been successful in the, in the quote unquote alternative route. Um, and they really opened my eyes to say, you know what, right now your biggest limiting factor is that you don't think like you can be successful. Um, once they kind of exposed that to me, it just, you know, bled into everything that I was able to do. Everything started leveling up from my daily tasks to my macro goals. Um, but I think just, yeah, that unlikelihood was my biggest false limiting belief. Yeah, I think mine was sort of similar. For me, I feel like I never accomplished something up to a certain point that I was really proud of. So it was kind of like I didn't have this track. So I thought of myself of someone who kind of just fails over and over. Because in the past, uh, throughout high school, I've kind of tried to build the businesses on the side. Nothing really worked out too well. I've I was going to the gym for years and years on end, but I wasn't proud of what I saw in the mirror. So I didn't have nothing I could, you know, put my name on and be proud of. So it was hard to, you know, keep on going, keep on going the path, putting that one foot in front of the other when I felt like there was no track record, no proof of that I could actually win myself. And it wasn't until, you know, I, it, I really did that with my fitness of, I started to see these changes in the mirror. I started to see 
know, growth in my arms, my chest, my, my lips started going up. I was proud of what I saw in the mirror. Once I got that one proof, that one success, that one win, then it started to translate into other areas of my life with business, with relationships, with everything. And that, that was really the biggest one for me. That's like Goggins' cookie jar where, you know, you, you're pulling from that, you needed a win to, to pull from and to be able to use. And you, your body served as that first thing that you could look at that cookie jar and say, okay, I got that first win. And now it allows you to build that momentum. Yeah, that's really, that's exactly how it was. I actually, I haven't heard kind of Goggins side of that things of the cookie jar, but I know his story is incredible <laughs> comparing, you know, my feet to something like him. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's really what it was, was that one proof. That's all I needed. And I think, you know, if someone can just convince themselves, you know, delusional or not to keep on putting that one step forward every single day until they get that one proof, that one ounce of success or a win in their eyes, then that's mm -hmm. all they need to do whatever they want in their life. 100%. Yeah, I think that it goes kind of beyond these macro goals that we're talking about. It even kind of bleeds into just the day to day where somebody might have a project in front of them. You might have had this, you know, plan written down on a paper that I want to start the number one podcast in the world, but you needed to get that one proof of, you know, getting the first W on the board, rec recording the first episode, having the first conversation. And once you kind of saw that you're able to accomplish all of these smaller things that prove that you are capable, you know, that's what's going to build to you eventually getting to the top of the mountain. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I remember actually my grandma coming to me and, and telling me her feedback on the first episode that she listened to. And she was like, this was incredible. And I was like, grandma, how do you even know what we were talking about? But like, <laughs> just to, just to have her positive feedback for that first episode, it meant the world to me and, and gave me that first win of like, oh, wow, someone else actually enjoyed something I created. And it was just in my head about, you know, a month ago, and now someone else is enjoying it. That was so intoxicating for me. So it, it's still incredible to this day, grandma or some random person online enjoying the the content, enjoying the podcast, it, it means the world. Yeah, we've experienced a little bit of the same and just that fulfillment, that feeling right there is absolutely incredible. Uh, but I want to ask you, what do you think fuels you on a daily basis? What do you think kind of drives you to keep on putting that one foot in front of the other and keep on executing the mission? I'm scared to die and not look at myself and say like, that's all I could have been like to look at myself and think, Oh, wow, you could have been more or, or, you know, you left that on the table. I look at life as a, a field of, of sport in some sense. And it's like, you know, if you don't give it your all, I got this one life poster in the background. It's like, if you don't give it your all in your one life, your one opportunity, one shot at this thing, what are you even doing? Like, I, I just, I, and I've had moments of that, right? Like I've had moments of, of not, of not giving my all in life and it's not as fulfilling as when I do. So I'm just going to stick to this route of, of doing what I've been doing for the last year and keep on keeping on. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, everybody to a certain degree has both of these positive and negative motivators and the idea of looking back on your life at 90 years old in the rocking chair, um, you know, wondering what could have been is kind of a negative motivator, kind of wanting to avoid a certain pain. What are the positive motivators for your life? Is, is there anyone that you're kind of doing this for? Is there, you know, every, any certain level of achievement that you're trying to achieve? 
Yeah, you know, I really like how you broke that down because I have never thought about it in those terms. But I want to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. And that is something that came to me one time when I was just sitting outside and basically meditating. And the thought of what I wanted on my gravestone to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser, and how that starts with you. That starts with how you are acting on the day-to-day because you cannot inspire anyone or or change anyone's behavior if you yourself are not acting that way. It's like children look at their parents and how they act, not what they say. So I think that, you know, if I can make the world happier, healthier, and wiser, if I can pursue my highest version, help other people do the same for those positive ways to help others, like that that would make that would mean the world to me. And, and that's really what fuels me on the day to day. Incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. Oh, man, I'm so fired up from this conversation. Uh, So is there anything at all that you want to leave the people with any piece of advice, anything that you want to tell them right now? I would just say that if you're struggling on something right now, that accountability is the most underrated force in the world. Find someone to be accountable to. You don't have to pay for anyone. You don't have, you know, like, just if you're really struggling for someone to be accountable to hit me up in my DMS and we'll, we'll chat and I'll, I'll be open to helping you. And I just, you know, want to make the world and leave the world a better place. So if I can help you in any way, anyone listening or either of you guys, let me know. And um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. That's awesome, man. I love it. You're going directly to the source for trying to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. You even just offered people to come to you if they're really struggling. So I absolutely appreciate that you're actually living out this mission, man. Um, And we definitely appreciate you taking out the time to talk to us today. Hell yeah, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for your thoughtful questions and for making me think. I mean, I I really appreciate that. And that's that's awesome to see. And I'm, I'm grateful for you guys as podcast hosts. Yeah, thank you so much, Danny. We appreciate you. Uh, so where can the uh, people find you? The best place to find me is at Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter. And let me know your thoughts about this episode. Let me know your thoughts in general about what you're thinking in life, if you're listening. And the Danny Miranda podcast is also where people can hear this voice on a daily or three times a week basis. So thank you for the opportunity, guys. And this has been quite a fun time. Love it. All right, everyone listening, we'll have his links in the description of this podcast. So go ahead, check him out. He is probably the most positive, the most genuine, uh, one one of the best people I've ever met and talked to. So thank you so much, Danny. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely amazing conversation with the legendary Danny Miranda. You guys can clearly see that he's taking his mission by the horns and making the world happier, healthier, and wiser. Um, And it's really good to see someone actually living out that big why on a daily basis. So if you're not following Danny Miranda on Twitter right now, definitely go and check him out. We'll have his links in the description. And of course, check out the the Danny Miranda podcast. It is amazing. I'm a personal listener of it. I love the show. So go ahead and check that out as well. The links will be in the description. And if you want to find more of us, uh, myself and Gabe, main place we're on is on Twitter. Our links will be in the description. And if you're someone looking to really transform your body, take back control of your health, your fitness, your body, then feel free to message either one of us on Twitter, the word transformation, and we'll help you out. And last order of business, if you enjoyed this podcast, 
go ahead and give it five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. We want to grow the show. Um, if you like to share with a friend, because we're trying to grow this baby, uh, we're trying to chase down Danny Miranda and catch up to him because he's absolutely killing the game. But thank you guys so much for listening. You have an amazing rest of your day.